Hello. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You guys are the best. You guys are the best. Oh my goodness, it's true. It's true, it's true. Let's go. Uh, yes, you guys are the best. Thank you so much for making me feel so welcomed. Um, so yeah, I guess we can just go ahead and start, right? So um, we're gonna be talking about loving the Lord rightly and a genuine friendship with him. Does that sound good to you guys? So, all right, so if you guys recall, a few weeks ago, the wonderful Pamela Garza had an incredible sermon, right, about what salvation is, right? And she said that salvation is a restored, redeemed, and ongoing, genuine friendship with God, right? If you guys remember, if you, didn't, if you weren't here and you missed it, go back and listen to it on YouTube. Incredible. You don't want to miss it. You'll cry. It's great. The Lord will move. So, but tonight, like I said, I want to focus in on what that genuine friendship with Jesus should look like, okay? And so, if we have genuine friendship with Jesus, we should want to love him rightly, right? Just like any friendship, if you're in a friendship with someone, you want them to appreciate you, to love you, and treat you the way you want to be treated, right? The golden rule. So, let's look in 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 through 7, to start us off, okay, and see what the Bible says about love. It says this, love is patient, love is kind, it is not jealous, love does not brag, it is not arrogant, it does not act disgracefully, it does not seek its own benefit, it is not provoked, does not keep an account of a wrong suffered, it does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It keeps every confidence, it believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Jesus, Lord, we love you so much. We thank you that we get to be here in this space together, God. Um, and I just pray right now, Lord, that you would just be with us tonight, Lord. I pray that um, this would be your word spoken through me, Jesus, that it wouldn't be anything from myself, but solely from you, Lord, and what you have for us tonight, Jesus. We thank you that we get to be in communion with you, Lord. We love you, and we thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So um, the first thing we're going to talk about in an aspect of a friendship is the emotional side of it, okay? So everyone, I would assume, uh, enjoys having friends, uh, if you say you're a loner and you're too cool for friends, I don't believe you because we were made for relationship and for communion with one another, right? For community. Uh, and so you love a friend that is kind to you and takes care of you um, and that it's mutual, right? But have you ever had that like super needy friend? The one that like constantly questions if you are actually their friend? Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the one that like, if you don't text them back within like the first five minutes, they're like, hey, are you okay? Hey, are we, are we still friends? Like, you haven't, you didn't respond to me. Like, I, I want to make sure you weren't mad. Like, did I do something? Like, do you hate me? Or they just get really mad that you don't respond. And like, okay, I hate you. You don't text me back. Okay, fine. Friendship over. It sounds really dramatic. Um, I really hate to say this. I was that friend at one point in my life, um, but the Lord is really good, and he has redeemed me, and I can proudly say that I have laid a lot of that at the feet of Jesus, and he is wonderful because he put people in my life who loved me and showed me that that is not genuine friendship, um, and in particular, there was a time my dear friend Cooper 
we were roommates, okay, one of my dearest friends, and she has seen me through some of the roughest moments and ungodliest moments of my life, okay? I'm walking with Jesus today because of her and her gracefulness with me. But there was literally a time where um, I was like at home and I was like, you know what, like, I'm gonna go to Marshall's. Like, maybe go look, like buy something new, you know, who doesn't love going to Marshall's, I love it. If you say you don't, you're probably lying, it's fine. But, okay, I was like, you know what? I'm going to invite Cooper. She's home. Like, we don't get to hang out a whole lot. Like, I'll just see if she wants to come. So I go, like, to the next room, and I'm like, hey, do you want to go to Marshall's with me? She's like, um, actually, I really don't. Like, I kind of just want to rest. I'm going to stay home, okay? But, like, I'm really sorry. Like, and I, like, blew up on her. I, like, lost it. Like, I am ashamed to say how awfully I acted towards her, okay? <laughs> um, and she was like, whoa, hey, chill. Like, I questioned the entirety of our friendship because she wouldn't go to the store with me. And that sounds so silly, but in my mind, it was the truth, okay? So anyways, with that, it sounds really dramatic, but if we look at the root of that kind of friendship, we see that those kind of people enjoy the emotion they get out of friendships more than they enjoy the actual friendship, right? They look, go, go seeking like the feel goods that you get from being in a friendship and being with one another, but the second something in their life inconveniences you or doesn't go with what you want, you're like, no, I'm done, right? And that's, that's not good, but that, I mean, I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like an enjoyable friendship to me, right? One that is consistently hot and cold. But how many of us have been guilty of being that kind of friend to Jesus? Right? We only come to him when it's convenient for us or we want to feel good about ourselves or more holy. Of like, yeah, I spent time with Jesus today. Like, we're pretty tight. But, uh, but you only do it because you want to brag about it, right? Or you want something out of it. Or we only believe he is good if we can, like, tangibly feel his presence. You're like, Jesus, um, I just prayed with you and I didn't get goosebumps. You must not be there, right? Like, I'm talking to air. <laughs> or, like, the second we don't feel him and he doesn't answer our prayer or this he answers our prayer, but not in the way we wanted him to, or we think that he should have, right? Um, or he seems silent, we immediately doubt that he is with us or he is for us, right? We're constantly chasing after that spiritual high that he can give us, that we only want to be with him when he makes us feel good about ourselves, right? And we only believe in him and his goodness when we feel like we have it with us, right? And when we do this, we're actually allowing our emotions to be our Lord and not God. I'm going to say that again. When we do this, we're actually allowing our emotions to be our Lord and not God. Because if we truly love God and we call him our friend, we don't need to always feel him, per se, emphasis on the air quotes, uh, because we know him and we know his character, right? And so... Jesus told us himself in the Bible, if you turn to Matthew 28, 20, and he tells us himself when he speaks to the disciples, he says, behold, I am with you always to the ends of the age, right? And he said that for the disciples, and it was true for them, and it's true for us. He said this right before he ascended, right? After he gave the, um, right before he descended and he gave the great commission to them, and he said this, that he would be with them right? And he's with us. And so if we, if we don't truly believe that, right, um, then either 
Jesus is a liar or our emotions aren't the genuine signifier of truth. Um, I'll let you decide, but spoiler alert, Jesus isn't a liar. So um, I want to go back to, to verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 13 again and see what it says about love again. It says, love is patient, love is kind, it is not jealous, right? And the Greek word for patient here um, actually means to be of a long spirit, to not lose heart, right? And so again, if we have a genuine friendship with Jesus and we want to love him rightly, then our emotions will not dictate the quality of our friendship with Jesus. We will not easily lose heart because we believe him when he says that he's with us always, despite what our emotions might try to tell us, right? So that's that part of a friendship, right? The next part I want to talk about are the blessings that come with a friendship, right? If we go back to um, 1 Corinthians again, we'll go back to it a lot. I'm just going to tell you that now. But it says, love does not seek its own benefit, right? So I'm going to tell you another story about myself, Um, just being fully transparent with you guys. I was a terrible child. Uh, And I don't say that lightly. Like, I have had legitimate prayers with Jesus of, like, Lord, when the time comes for me to have kids, like, please do not let them be anything like me because I was awful. Like, if you ask my sisters, they will, they will, they will say that. They will agree with you wholeheartedly, okay? Um, <laughs> but there was particularly a time where I was really upset, and my dad, being the wonderful, incredible father that he is, sees his young child crying. And he goes up to her, and he's like, hey, are you okay? You know, and I'm sobbing, all of, this, all of these things, okay? And he's like, you know what? He does what any good parent would do when their child is sobbing. He took me to McDonald's because what turns a frown upside down quicker than a Happy Meal, okay? (laughs) Big fan of those chicken nuggets, big fan of the toys, okay? And so I was like, yes, score, tears gone immediately, right? Uh, But then again, like I said before, when I to preface, terrible child, me, okay? So what started off as an inherently wonderful gift for my father, who just wanted to, to make his daughter's life better and more fruitful, he, I decided to go, and I was like, okay. So I left that, that moment and was like, hmm, okay, tears and eyes, I get McDonald's. <laughs> okay, score, like this is easy. I can learn to fake cry all day, right? And so it literally got to the point, no joke, that my sisters told me years later, they're like, Emily, like we legit would like make you upset so we could get McDonald's. Um, <laughs> it was bad. I'm not proud of it, okay? Um, but if we look at that, right, we see that I had taken something that was a good gift for my dad and manipulated it, and that gift was no longer good because I then started to care more about what I got from him than I cared about how poorly I was treating him to get those things. All I cared about was the end result of what I got out of it, not about my dad, right? Excuse me. So, yes. And we do this as well in our relationship with Jesus when we only come to him for what we can get out of it and not because we simply want to be in friendship with him, in proximity with him, and be in his presence simply because of who he is. Right? And Jesus actually talks about this in the Bible. Um, We're going to go back to the book of John, but this time we'll be in chapter 6 verses 25 through 27, and this is 
right after he feeds the 5,000, okay, the miracle with loaves of bread and the fish. And um, after he did this, thousands of people followed him, right? And this was his response to them, okay? In verse 25, it says, when they, they being the crowd, found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Jesus, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you were seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that, in, that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. If we look at that, Jesus calls them out. The crowd was following him because he had provided them with food. They weren't following him because they thought he was the true Messiah. And he didn't want that. But again, if we go back to 1 Corinthians 13, we see that it clearly states in verse 5 that love does not seek its own benefit. Right? And so what if you had a friend that only wanted to hang out with you because you brought them Starbucks every time you hung out because you're a good person, right? But, like, the one time you, like, go to them and they don't have Starbucks in their hand, you're like, oh, I'm so... I'm so sorry. My mom's calling. I got to I got to go. Oh, yeah, I can't hang out anymore. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, something's come up. You don't want to be friends with that person, right? <laughs> because they're only using you for what you can get out of it. But if we say we love Jesus and have a genuine friendship with him, we will walk with him simply because he is worthy of our lives, not for anything he can provide for us for our own benefit. Right? So does he enjoy giving good gifts? Absolutely, he does. And is it okay for us to enjoy the gifts he gives us? 100% yes, but that can't be our motive for walking with him. It just can't be. So sorry, turning into his notes. So, suffering in a friendship. I don't think anyone like loves that word. Um, the only person I can think of is like, if you've read Practice of the Presence of God, like, Brother Lawrence, there's, like, a part where he talks about suffering, and he's got, like, if I remember correctly, like, pain in his side, and he's like, I turned so that I would have more pain, and I'm like, okay, man, like, yes, I get enduring suffering with the Lord, but, like, you don't have to, like, purposely inflict it on yourself, okay? That's just me, but anyways, so, anyways, so if we go to verse 7 in, um, in 1 Corinthians 13, Back to our handy-dandy verse of the night, we see, again, what it says about love. Later on, it says, love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, right? So I love running. If you talk to me and you talk about running, I'll be like, oh, I like to run. Yeah, that's really fun. Running is, like, enjoyable for me. Um, but the, the truth of the matter is, is, like, I might even enjoy, like, when I go for a run, like, the first, like, two minutes of it. But then I guarantee you, like, that third minute in, like, the second I can no longer breathe easily and, like, my legs start to cramp, Charlie horses are the worst, uh, I will, like, want to die. I'm like, I'm done. I'm over it. I don't want to run anymore. I'm never running again in my life. <laughs> but I finish the run because I'm like, I'm, I'm going to push through. I'm going to do it. I said I was going to do this. I'm going to finish this run, right? And why do I do that? I do that because I know that it's important that I take care of my body, right? I know that um, I know that it will benefit me in the long, the long run, right? And this oh oh that was unintentional, but yeah. <laughs> but 
why, it's the same reason why adults, and I really hope all of you do this. You are all adults now. I hate to break it to you. Don't live in denial anymore. You are. Um, you need to eat your fruits and vegetables, even if you don't like them. And that's why you should, as an adult, I'm sorry, Ian, you look really upset about that. But, but what I'm saying is, is even if you don't like them, you need to eat them because the truth is, if you were only to eat hamburgers and pizza for the rest of your life, you're gonna have a heart attack by the time you're like 45. It's just science. Like you might as well be eating a stick of butter every day. Okay, you need fruits and vegetables because in the long run, even if you don't enjoy it, you will benefit from it, right? And so we have to look at the big picture. Running might not always be fun in the moment for me, but I'll have a very healthy heart and who knows, it could lengthen my lifespan. So likewise, when trials and sufferings occur in our lives, but we truly love Jesus, we must trust that he will use our circumstances for his glory and our betterment to become more like him. Right? I'm going to say that again. If we truly love Jesus, but suffering occurs, we must trust that he will use our circumstances for his glory and our betterment to become more like him. And so many times we can look at the world. It's really easy. If you read the news, just like the first article I'm sure that pops up, like, it's very easy to just look at the world and be like, man, this world is chaos. Like, what in the world, <laughs> right? I mean, we're literally at the tail end, hopefully, uh, of a pandemic, right? And just there's so much chaos. There's, there's hurt. There's pain. There's suffering in the world. And I mean, or how, how many times have we met someone who's struggling to believe in God or trust in his goodness because they've had some truly terrible things happen to them in their life, right? And, and so many times we want answers um, on, on how God can be good if these terrible things just keep happening, one thing after the next. But here's the truth, okay? We live in an upside-down world, and the Lord never intended for things to be this way. But sadly, sin entered this world, right? And the reality is, is God did not promise us that our lives would be rainbows and butterflies all the time, 24-7, just the opposite, actually. But we see in John 16, 33, that he says this. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Thank you, Jesus. He is so, so good. And he he says that he will be with us always, right? That, and he has, he has, um, that he has overcome the world, right? And so, yes, we will have trials and tribulation and suffering, and it will occur, but we serve a good God, and he has overcome. Jesus suffered to the point of death, right? The disciples endured suffering, and all except one of them was martyred, if you did not know that. It's true, right? But... They truly loved the Lord and had real friendship with him. And because they knew who he was, they knew that he was a good God worth enduring anything the world could throw at them, even to the point of death. They knew that he was worth giving their lives for because they knew that their reward would be in heaven, right? And even if they don't get that reward on this side of heaven, they know that the Lord will bring it and restore things, right? 
when he comes back, when he returns. Because again, he has overcome. And so if we go back to verse 7, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says this, love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Another translation of this reads that love always trusts, it always hopes, love always perseveres, right? And if we truly love God and we call him our friend, we will endure our circumstances, good, bad, everything in between, because our trust and our hope are in God alone. And if we say that we believe that God is God, but we don't trust him with every circumstance that is thrown at us, then we're not practicing what we preach. And so worship team can, can come back, but I want to read verse, all of 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 again, okay? Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act disgracefully. It does not seek its own benefit. It is not provoked. It does not keep an account of a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It keeps every confidence. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And tonight, I just want us to ask, ask ourselves this question. Have we been a good friend to the Lord? Have we been pursuing him the way that he has pursued us, right? Or have we just been coming to him with our selfish agenda or um, just to get a blessing out of it or to get a spiritual high? Or do we only believe that he's with us if we have the goosebumps and the warm feelings, right? Or maybe you're here tonight and you've never called Jesus a friend. You haven't known that he wants to be your friend. You don't know that, you didn't know that you can have a relationship with him, right? And can I tell you from personal experience, he's the best friend you could ever have. And he's worthy of our lives. He is. And so I just want to take time to reflect. Talk to your small group leader, the person who brought you here. Have them pray with you. And again, if you haven't had Jesus into your life, talk to the person who brought you here. They would be more than happy to pray with you and bring Jesus into your life tonight. But I just want to spend time in reflection and just thanking Jesus for being a friend and asking us to be a better friend for him.